guys. Welcome to episode eight of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm back. It's Mr. Combo number five. Mr. Combo. He's back. And my fellow host once set fire to a leaf just to see Nissa shed a tear. Big Tuck. <laughs> I we've had had words in the past. So, uh, how are we doing today, Mr. Combo? Good to see you in the booth, quote unquote, as it Ooh. were. Yeah, you know, it, it's good to be back. It was fun listening to the uh, episodes while I was over in China. Sure. And you know what? Kansas City right now, uh, we were supposed to thunderstorm all weekend, and then I woke up this morning, it's like, oh, it's going to be kind of <laughs> nice outside. And then the rain yeah. came down! I'm lucky my flight didn't get delayed or anything, so oh, yeah. it, it was easy. But this is another one where I was up at 4.30 in the morning, so yeah. trying to trying to, trying make, to keep it up. Trying to make it work. <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks for tuning into our podcast, and this is only able to happen because of our awesome producer here, Squeeze. McGee and his production company, Rich Chaos Records. Squee, what's up? What's up, Squee? Oh, it may be a little uh, soggy out, boys, but it's a beautiful day in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. And of course, we are located here in Chiefs Kingdom, <laughs> Kansas City. Sports Chiefs. ball. Sports ball. Sports, sports stuff. <laughs> and uh, of course, big shout out to the music provided in this episode by Pink Royal. Of course, stay tuned till the end to get the details on what October's giveaway is going to be. But before we get started, something that's super exciting that we will be giving away each month and maybe even as bounties at future Magic Fest or Command Fest for beating me or Big Tuck. If you got the it's, muscles for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually commissioned and had custom cards made of ourselves. Big Tuck, why don't you read off what your card is and does and just give the listeners a little insight into why this is kind of you in MTG form. Yeah, sure. So these were made pseudo under duress. <laughs> we're on a tight time frame, but they turned out really nice. So shout out to, to Mr. Combo and, and friends for putting these together. So mine is Big Tuck, God of the Brews. Uh, he's an expensive boy at seven colorless. And then Selesnia, yeah, white, red, green. For legendary enchantment creature, God Samurai Monk who's an 05. These are the Theros block version of gods yep. so far as, as long as your devotion to green, white, and red is less than nine for the three colors. Yep. Breaking new ground gotta, here. Gotta make it fair. Take a note, Watsy. <laughs> <laughs> if it's less than nine, it is not a creature. It has the requisite indestructible and then some fun stuff with a trample, haste, and you might actually remember this mechanic from the Kamigawa yes! block, Bushido what, 6. Give it to me, yeah! Yeah, which actually is pretty great. So Bushido is it gets, in this case, it'll get plus six if it blocks or becomes blocked. Yep. Which is cool. Then it says this spell costs one less colorless to cast for each token your opponent's control. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, and especially in this format, there's usually a lot of those going around. And then the last one, a little deep. So whenever Big Tuck attacks a player and isn't blocked, you may exile the top three cards of any library, Ooh, which I like. Yeah, spicy. Very spicy. You may cast non-land cards from among them until end of turn. You may spend mana as if mana of any type to cast those spells. So what, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. If they're foolish enough to try to chump block you, you still go through with the trample. So and that's kind of cute. It's, yeah, I, I, you know, I look at this card yeah. and I get so excited and we've already had some uh, followers on Twitter and Facebook hit us up on this and the feedback is, it's cool because I either swing and it's like, hey, I won't do any command damage to you. I'll just right. exile some cards and maybe cast yeah, some cool it, shit it, from it might, Yeah, maybe, Who maybe knows? not be yours. It could be anyone's. Or if you're foolish enough to block me, it's now yeah. a 611 with trample and I'm going to beat face. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. So, and I think the devotion, obviously it's an expensive card. The devotion should be pretty easy to get in those colors because you're yep. mostly playing creatures on a lot of permanents in and there. And he himself, Big Tuck, reduces three. it by three. So right. it's just you need six. So really that's only one extra 
extra devotion than what the two color Theros right, gods totally. need. And those get achieved all the time. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think it's on theme. The artwork is interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. We're coming around to it. I do have a beard, a beer, and I'm wearing red, which are all things that I'm on board. And I'm also trampling a village by the looks of it. So <laughs> pretty good. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. Maybe build around it around yeah. for one of the fun ones. Maybe. maybe. Celestia is kind of a weird color that I don't really care my deck for it. So sure. maybe I'll just slot this one in it. Mine is How actually Mr. Combo number five, God of Builds. We're a five color list, Grixis, which is blue, black, and red. Just like Big Tuck, God of Brews, I am a legendary enchantment creature, God Brainiac Wizard. Pretty cute. And if you <laughs> don't know what Brainiacs are, they are only ever Isn't printed in, in like an unset. Yeah. And there's only three of them ever printed. And it was an unstable, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good and, one. and they're traditionally known as villains, which, of course, in my opinion, I'm always looked at as the villain yeah. when we're playing uh, a deck. So. I'd say that's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm a 2-7. So just like Big Tux, we have the requisite, as long as your devotion to blue, black, and red is less than nine. Mr. Combo number five isn't a creature. But honestly, when I play Magic, I could give two poops less if I'm a creature and I'm swinging for damage. Right. I'm ready to do some broken things. And here's how this card is broken. Indestructible. Ah, that's kind of nice. Flash. That's kind of cool. That's good. <laughs> Split second. And if you're not familiar with Split Second, is once that spell is on the stack, nothing else can be activated or cast unless it is a mana ability. So that's great. So basically, yep. from the command zone, cast this whenever I want to, and I resolve, you can't be countered. I'm all for that. Here's where it kind of gets fun. I have Affinity for Planeswalkers. Affinity, <laughs> usually you only see with artifacts. Right. And traditionally that means that the card costs one colorless less for each of whatever you have the affinity for. So of course, this is a Planeswalker tribal commander. I love Planeswalkers. Yeah, you do, that's what you I do get like my your rocks trans, on. You do like your Planeswalkers, so. And here's where it gets even more fun. And we did have our past guest that filled in for me while I was in China, Forrest Day 2 Wong, do an overview because he is the competitive modern player. He is yeah, into he's the broken the, stuff. He's into the broken He, uh, he gave this decks. the seal of approval. It's not broken. So whenever a planeswalker enters the battlefield, not under your control, just enters the battlefield, battlefield, you may search your library for a card, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. So basically, you got Demonic Tutor on the stick with yeah, flash seems, and split second. Seems fair to me. Walkers. It's absolutely <laughs> fair. I love it. I'm so excited. So. It, is, it is. It's definitely on the questionable in terms of fair, but I think it encapsulates your play style absolutely. and yourself very good. And, so and, and you know what? Honestly, when me and Forrest talked about this, it was a, how often are we really coming across multiple other Super Friends decks? you would have to very much metagame against your opponents. Like, oh, you're playing Super Friends. Let me play this specific non-legal card right. at that. But then, even if you're doing Super Friends, traditionally, you're only casting maybe one or two cards in a turn. Right. And the way I looked at this is in these colors... You're it goes against a, Power Artifact and Grim Monolith on yeah, one and yeah, two. Yeah, great. But no, I, I looked at these colors and I really kind of said, okay, well, you're losing green, so you don't have any of that ramp. You're losing white, so you're losing a lot of the prevent non-combat right. damage stuff. So really, Red Planeswalkers kind of, generally aren't the best. Yes. So there's a few good ones here and there, yeah, like, like the best one. Boluses. Or like the, you know, uh, Tybalt's. Of the world, so <laughs> the really broken ones. Oh, that'd be great. Cast Tibble, go DT it's, or something, then use Tibble's ability and discard whatever you, you like, just got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you despark him immediately. But I think, actually, funnily enough, that works really well for you because he's the cheapest planeswalker ever, so it just turns into a two mana draw tutor. Yeah. 
So, so, so basically, yeah, a normal demonic tutor. Yes, correct. Anyway, guys, these cards, me and Big Tuck will be doing very cool shadow signatures, but these will be given away to each of the monthly giveaways and also any yeah, of the bounties in the, in the future. If you see us out in the wild. So. Yeah. So, and then the last announcement before we dive into the deck tech is Squee is going to be taking on more than just producing responsibilities moving forward. He's actually going to be working on some articles that will be published on our website, cmdtower.com. Squee, why don't you give everyone the perforos hide over? View of what they can expect. Oh yeah, you can expect a couple opinion pieces. One's going to be <laughs> to winter <offense>. orb or <laughs> to not winter orb. Ooh. How do we take this in the group? Do we not. want to make zero friends? <laughs> The other format's going to be a, a little section called Dear Squee, where I'd like you to send in your sensitive questions, things that are concerning you, maybe with you, your playgroup, your personal life. I don't really care. Send whatever you got. I'll give you an honest answer back. Yeah, so we're awesome. going to be doing hashtag Dear Squee. Absolutely. If you want to find me on Twitter, I will be making a Twitter. Ooh. Big Tuck, why don't you get on that noil oil oil? I don't know if there's been the I don't know if there's been the want yet. I yeah, feel like really I feel like the, I feel like the people don't want <laughs> you, it. You basically enough. got Scott. But I'll yeah, make guys. ten burner accounts there and we'll get go. this thing going. <laughs> So yeah, guys, definitely do hashtag Deer Squee. And this will just be a fun play on Deer Abby, I believe it was. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, you know, basically... For all, for all you grandmas listening out there, still read the article. <laughs> and my mom. This will just be a fun way that, you know, we don't know how frequently Squee's going to have the time to do this. We'll figure it out. Very much like how we did in the beginning of this podcast, but do those hashtag Deer Squeeze with just any type of thoughts or ideas similar to what I have seen other podcasts do where they have their mailbag. This is just something that you can consistently do if there's enough demand. Because really, it's just answering questions. We'll have a big old section that you can scroll through on the website, cmdtower.com. And, uh, you know, it should be a lot of fun. And you could get serious responses back, or it could be something extremely sarcastic, or it could be a recipe for hot dogs. Who really knows? Could be I make could zero be promises. So, Bruise and Builds, guys, is our deck tech series, all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we will talk about one of our Path to 32 decks, but in a cool manner of brewing beers. So, we broke it down into four categories. The first one is ramp and setting your board state is the grain build. Yep, and grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both the base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks are always needing ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples for the colors and specialty cards for the deck. Cool. Second one is going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? That's the hop profile. And hops are the bittering agent in a beer. They give it its patented kick and the herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can really do what it wants. So the third one's going to be, how does the deck actually close out or win? We see this issue across basically almost every single game of EDH I've ever played. Someone will be playing a deck and it's like, well, we've been sitting here for two hours. How can you win? They don't know. So we kind of thought we needed a section for this. This is the yeast section. Yep, and yeasts are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards in your deck, it wouldn't meet the goal of ultimately winning the game. Then the fourth one, the final final one is shenanigans and these are pet cards and synergies that are just kind of fun maybe they don't fit the theme it's just something that you kind of want to have in there that falls under the spice package yes and not every beer has them but spices and additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one it could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an ipa into a double ipa not every deck has something that makes it pop but if it does this is where we talk about it and then honestly guys to seal that brewing process that we've done here it's the bottle capping which is big tux and i's recommendations to the deck that are around under five 
under 50, and then a personal recommendation that really doesn't have a budget. Only restriction is no lands, unless your name yeah, is Forrest and you recommend a tabernacle. Yeah, that was, I'm <laughs> very upset. I think it came through pretty well. Yeah, I, I was listening to that episode, guys, and literally I spit out my drink once I heard Big Tuck's your car, reaction. Your, your, car, your car was swerving left and right out of anger. So, guys. Endangering everyone. Without further ado, let's get brewing. Today's deck is going to be Big Tuck's Salvala deck. Yes. Big Tuck, give us an overview. What is this deck? This is one of my earlier decks. I'd say this is probably deck four. I can talk through Salvala real quick. So Salvala, Heart of the Wilds, is a legendary creature, Elf Scout. She costs a colorless and two green. She's a 2-3. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. Pretty good. Runs a lot of big creatures, which we'll get into, and that helps you continue drawing into bigger threats, but also can sort of play politicky, but that never really happens because this deck usually wins by <laughs> the time anyone's playing other creatures. And then green and tap, add X mana and any combination of colors to your mana pool, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So this one is actually called Silvala Hydrocaller. Okay. So I actually opened this. This is back when I thought having three decks was enough or four decks was enough. Sure. So I opened her up in a Conspiracy 2 box. I thought she was kind of cool. Actually, I think it might have been in a pack. And I thought she was kind of cute, but wasn't really thinking about it too much. Then I found out it was worth $10 at the time, and I just had to make it. I was like, oh, I can't believe I, I opened a $10 card. Let's, and now yeah. and now it's 43 I was That's literally a note that I had. Question, pause. Is this your most expensive commander? Oh, it has to be. Without no, a doubt. Not including foils or any of that. I know that initially Marchesa, the foil that I gave that you That one was gift, up there. That, but now that it's was like 80, nothing. Yeah. It's got, I mean. I, I can't I, imagine any. How much is Atraxa? That's, is she 40 still? Uh, You know what? We're going to do a quick little check. That's the only, that's the only $30. thing I can think of. And she, that's even as foil. Wow. So yeah. All well, that's all she has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm thinking through because I don't have that many foiled out. Yeah. Marchesa was probably it. This is probably the one. Yeah. Wow. Which is funny because I opened it and didn't even <laughs> intend to make a deck out of it. So that's what's kind of happened. And you know what would have been funnier is if you're like, oh, 10 bucks. Trade See, it yeah, in. Yeah. I think I almost did. <laughs> I, also, I also think someone almost talked me into it. Now I have a concession to make. Back when I was a foolish young novice in this game, okay. I listened to a podcast called Game Nights, or whatever the fuck it's called, with Jimmy, <laughs> who I haven't forgotten about, and I'm still coming for you, Jimmy. But they actually had a take on this card, which I liked, which okay. actually played into the Hydra theme. So okay. most Hydras come in as X, green, sure. green, or X, whatever. The way that they kind of had it looking out is that you could run all your mana into one big Hydra, tap it, and then that would fuel the next big Hydra to draw a card, and oh. you can kind of like build a Hydra train out that way with the X That's creatures. That's kind of cool. So it started as that way. So you're saying Command Zone has good ideas. They did. I don't know what happened. They just fell apart. Or I grew up. <laughs> now when I look at them, I throw up. Woo! Bringing it back to the He's playground. He's so jealous. It's, it's ridiculous. So, since then, uh, I, this is when I was playing at my last company before called Optiver, and we had a very competitive play group. A lot of people there played Modern. Oh, okay. It's where Tice came from. It's where he got his lickings from. You really needed to be either combo or fast. Okay. So this deck over time kind of took on a little bit more of uh, general good green stuff. Okay. Which there's been times where it's been really hard and there's probably a few more Hydras I could cut out of it. But I didn't, again, like as we've talked about before, I didn't really want to get too far away from that. Sure. So uh, it's definitely up there in price. It's $480 on Card Kingdom or over 400 on TCG Player, which is pretty steep for me. I think it's probably my second most expensive one. Okay. And to be honest, this has a very close to 90, 95% win ratio. 
ratio. So wow. I went on it all the time on turn five or six and board wipe four or five people. Before I kind of, no, I'm going to give you my thoughts. You know, screw that. <laughs> this, this doesn't seem like you. I look at this and I don't think Big Tuck I don't at really, all. And it's not flavorful. It's very meat and potatoes. This, this is my, this, is. so this is, I've realized in my play style that I have four decks that I call my I'm sorry decks. <laughs> Right? I, when I play them, I say I'm sorry. I feel bad about it. They usually win and do, do usually really have, good. They usually have a pack of Kleenex with yeah, them in the box. So, so, so sorry. Tice, who we mentioned a lot, he saw me play one of these. Magic Fest Kansas City said, I've never heard you sound more Canadian before. So that's, and I kind of built it that way. So Prosh is this. Prosh is that for sure. Okay. This is the other one. My Brea. Brea. Brea is the other one. And then my red, blue Spellslinger deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it? <laughs> yeah, is it? So it is definitely a little meat potato. I think there's things I could do to change it to be a little more flavorful. Sure. But this was the deck when people were bringing out the big guns. I was like, okay, he's playing King of Brago. He's playing his Xenogod deck that usually can crank out wins early. Sure. He's playing some combo piece and someone else is playing some value town. And I just knew that I had to have something that was resilient, that was fast, that could get going. But beyond that, yeah, I struggled a little bit in finding things that were not just... Hey, sure. let's talk about greater good for five minutes, right? <laughs> so it's a working horse deck. Okay. So I'm just curious, have you ever heard of the legendary creature called Dosen the Falling Leaf? Yeah, is that the one that... Players can only play spells during their own turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much like to see what would happen to this deck if Savala went into the 99 and that guy became your commander. Because I feel like that's more flavorful for you. Like, hey guys, play fair magic. I don't want you doing shit on yeah. my turn. And hey, I don't want you to... Leave, leave me alone. Yeah. alone. I just want to cast big hydras. Don't bother me. That would be interesting to me. I think he and Savala if you were looking for a way to kind of switch up this deck. Yeah, to make it a little different. Yeah, that's I, true. I think that's literally one. It's like, oh, we're just playing five or sixes here. Right. Here, guys, I'm going to play this green deck. It's going to be Dose in the Falling Leaf. And the, oh, we're playing nines and tens. I'll put some right, ball put this in. One in. Yeah. And the, the argument's also been made that this could sort of be a throw in your own commander, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mono green Omnath in this deck probably wouldn't oh. be horrible because it gets so big. Yeah. Like, I have ways to generate so much green mana and sure. then you can swing in with him. As is, though, having Silvala helps a lot. So it helps sure. ramp, helps your draw package. As we've talked about before we kind of go through and compare it to a beer so today this one is going to be our locally grown martin city belgian style abbey ale locally grown they grow beer they grow beer all right that i think you have to milk a beer cup yes that one. Oh, and, and I knew it came from an animal. They're delicious. Callback episode one. Oh, what a ref. So I'm gonna have Mr. Combo take a swig of this uh, real quick. It's really it's an interesting one. So one thing on this deck is it is a grainy, grainy boy. A lot of grains go into this. It's very heavy on that front. There's very few hops. There's okay. very low, and it's heavy, heavy yeast too. So right. Belgian beers generally are very strong. Have a very European flavor to them. Very unique. It sounds so, so much like Mr. Combo style. This is a seven percenter. So go right. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh but it's but it's not hoppy bitter, it's grainy bitter and multi bitter. Yeah, that was just uh (laughs) they're they definitely have a different taste than a natty light. So last couple things on this, the curve is a 3.6. Yep, I saw which is sort of high-ish, but but honestly, I don't think that's a true number of the curve because you have so many X creatures in there. I I actually believe your curve's probably higher. 
than that. It's kind of like how sometimes Cyclonic Rift will mess up your yeah, curve. Right. Really, who casts Rift for two? You cast it for seven. But the X's could be modular too, right? So it's it could those could sometimes go down for five or 15, exactly. right? I think that everything that's not above four mana or so gets you to four mana and five. Okay. So I, I've never really had any problems with the curve. It only has 34 lands in it, I think. Maybe lower than that. Yep. And it's consistent every single time. All so. right. Well, maybe I'll see it tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. We'll see. Well, hey, guys, we're going to go ahead and dive into this. We're going to start off that ramp and grain bill. I'm going to kick this off because <laughs> funny enough, the card that I picked here is actually one that's wrecking standard on arena for me. I really only play EDH. I have a confession. Here's my dear squee. Hashtag dear squee. Forest Day 2 Wong and the rest of our playgroup have tricked you somehow into tricked modern. me into playing modern. You're weak. You're weak, Mr. Combo. <laughs> but to be true, that is true to your name. If you're going to play combos, I'd rather have you play them in modern than on Sundays. So I'm happy about it. But part of that is uh, when I want to get my magic fixed during the week, because I can't take lunch breaks and do it like Big Tuck does, hey, I, I hop on Arena and I play also a little don't bit. work in an office. <laughs> that is correct. I work with no pants. I'm not a stripper. I promise. No, the pants hey, are already man. off. You can't strip them. Oh, that's true. And so so this card is actually wrecking for me. Now, granted, I think I'm only a platinum on Arena. I think that's right below Diamond. I think Diamond's the highest. I don't know. It's fairly good. I'm, I'm yeah. playing against more of the competitive stuff. Vivian, Champion of Wild. Oh, yeah. She's really good. She's she, really good. <laughs> she's really, really good. And let me tell you, in Standard, she is doing fantastic things really? for me. Yeah. I'll read through the card, and I'll yeah. kind of explain why. And sure. actually, I think this is one of those good examples of a card that's doing great, at least for me, in Standard that kind of permeates over to EDH because mm -hmm. it's accomplishing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So Vivian Champion of Wilds, guys, is two colorless and a green. As you know, I love, it's a legendary Planeswalker Vivian. Comes in with four loyalty, has a static ability because this is part of the War of the Sparks to where they had almost an enchantment-like effect. You may cast creature spells as though they had flash. So yeah, yeah. So pausing there, that's great and standard because I can leave up my mana. It's just like any type of thing. If you have a Veldekan Ori effect, someone swings in, yeah. I'm just gonna flash in something to kill your blocker, or at the end of turn, flash in a bunch of mana dorks, and then they'll tap for mana the next turn. Yep, it's great for this because you are able to do the same thing. Well, I don't know if I want to pump all my mana into this right, one hindred. Exactly. Maybe I want to do two or three different cards, but I want to kind of and see what happens yeah. first. Oh, no one really played anything. Go, 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 go. So I love that effect. The plus one until your next turn, up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. This is great because it can be used a few different ways. A, that massive Hydra that you just pushed out there. You could swing, bash someone's face. It can still block. Yep. And it has reach, which usually green, green really, really struggles with. It really yeah, struggles yeah. with flyers. Also, can be used for Solvala for some reason. If it's like, well, I got nothing out here. I'll just ding you for two command yep. damage, and then I'll tap then for I'll mana do something else. Sure. That's also, once again, great and standard, because what's the one way that usually in limited and standard you dominate is through flyers. So this yep. kind of solves that as well. And then the minus two I actually really, really like. Mm -hmm. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one card face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order for as long as... It remains exiled you may look at that card and you may cast it if it's a creature card it's great because sometimes you just run out of gas yeah do the minus two vivian's still around oh well i got that hydra let me tuck that under right. here and then oh i can still cast this at flash so i can still cast it whenever i want but then the great thing guys is when Vivian dies, because she will eventually yes. die, even though I know when she got previewed, a lot of different podcasts talked about how she was really not that great. They weren't that impressed with her. 
I think she's great. And so I think once she dies, the great thing is those cards that you've exiled that are creatures, you can still cast so you them. Still cast them yeah, you just can't do it at instant speed. It's the same thing as, as Gaunti, where yep. it's since it's on the same block, you can do it whenever you want. So even, yeah, even if you get this out turn two or three yep. or whatever, and you hit into one of your big game enders, you can just leave it there and be and say, okay, absolutely, it's like a free hideaway almost, right? Yep. So no, I agree with you. And especially that this is a three drop that oh, draws so you a card. Good. And it's only $2. Yep. I think this is a mono green yeah. staple. And with Vivian, it's like, hey, I got Vigilance, I got Reach, I got Flash, yeah. I can get more creatures. You know, if the other podcasts are accurate, no one's really going to tick her down because she doesn't have an ultimate. So they're just going to leave her alone because everyone considers it a bad card. I think it's a great card. Yeah, I agree. So. And again, you're you're almost guaranteed to get two hits out of it. So yep. it really is flexible. If you need the plus one right away and you don't need to dig for it, it still gives you stuff. It's yep. awesome. Yeah. All right. It's what's fantastic. your first one? So my first one. I usually don't talk about lands, Ugh. but this is the only copy of this card Gross. I will ever own, especially now because it's garbage card. Twenty dollars more. We're talking gemstone cavern. It's so bad. It's so bad. Gemstone caverns, legendary land. If gemstone caverns is in your opening hand and you're not playing first. You may begin the game with it in play with a luck counter on it. Who if you cares? Do, remove a card from your hand from the game. Then tap for add one. If gemstone has a luck counter on it, it said add one of any, of any color to your mana pool. So if you have this card in your opening hand, you have, a, you have a three and four chance of a turn two Servala. Here's the thing. It's awesome. You have a less than 2% chance for that to happen. It's happened before, and I've won on turn four. Cut it. No way. Get it out of here. No way. Get it out of here. For what, a forest? It does no. something that's better than a forest. Guy's cradle. Well, we were talking about that earlier, too. So, like I said, oh, this I is a turn two or a turn one Sovala if you really, really, really get lucky, which you won't. Like I said in the top, Sovala's really good in the set because it just skyrockets it for you. Sovala herself is a free mana ramp, and getting her out as soon as possible and getting her activated as soon as there possible are way, works. way, way better cards. This card's sick. And it's also somehow thirty dollars, thirty-eight dollars. It's probably I think a it's legacy paid, or it's vintage. In some bizarre because you know what? Deck. It makes sense there because you'll have four copies of it, and you have a fifty yeah. percent chance to go second. Yeah, but now so you have, it makes sense. But then this one, you still have a high enough chance. You have one. You Cut have, it, married landscape no. done. No, married landscape in a, in a mono green deck. Yeah. You don't need help with ramp. I don't need another but land. Then why do you tapped. need this? Because this is bonus ramp. It's a land that comes into play untapped, no matter what, and that's worst case scenario. Colorless mana doesn't matter because I have a gazillion forest and all my creatures produce green mana. It's a free turn two Silvala. One, one and at one percent. It's happening twice. I'm telling you. So I, I don't play this deck that often, Ugh. and it's awesome. It's the only deck I own with it in it. It's the only copy of the card. Channeling I'll ever own. our our buddy Duff. Well, you, you and Duff could go kick rocks. It's awesome. So, anyways, that, I had to talk about on my first one. Like I said, I usually uh, don't talk about. I usually don't like talking about lands. What do you got? For All me? right. So, number two for me is Hungering Hydra. Really like this one. Potentially, I don't really look at it as a grain, but I'm gonna give a take that it is. Yeah. It's X and green creature Hydra yep. zero zero enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. This was actually one of the cards I thought you said was wrecking you, but I realize it's probably out of standard at this point, right? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Hungering Hydra can't be blocked by more than one creature. Whenever Hungering Hydra is dealt damage, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. Initially, when I read the card, I didn't think it was a grain because it's like, well, it's a Hydra and you're putting all these X's. Yep. It's nope, clearly not a beginning card. But took a step back and I'm like, well, how could this be used as a grade? You know what? Potentially turn two or three, just put a couple plus one plus one counters on it. Then you start swinging, getting rid of all these like little guys, and then he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I actually have to ask you a question. Do you look at Silvala as card draw or ramp? 
Usually ramp. Okay. So because the car, the car, I think the car draw on her, the, you have very little control over, right? Because Correct. if someone else goes crazy and they get out, the one of their undercosted commanders early, mm-hmm. you're going to be behind most of the game sure. and someone's got to get cards off it, right? Okay. So for me, when I look at these cards as grains, they, I think they mostly fit for her second ability of being able okay. to generate a lot of mana. That's fair. So you, this card, you will probably never draw a card off of, well, unless it's that, very late. I wasn't thinking that you would draw a card off Hungering Hydra. I was more thinking that you would never be able to draw cards because oh, it gets of, bigger. Because he's yeah. so much bigger, and by the time it's like, hey, let me cast my insert Eldrazi. Oh, well, Hungering Hydra is like a 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, huh, piss on my boots. Yeah, so. no, I, I agree. This is one that I put it in mostly because it's cute. There's another X green mm-hmm. Hydra that was in there that was horrible that I had in just because it was a Hydra. So yep. that was an easy cut there. Most of my grains I'm talking about are also creatures. That's fair. And honestly, last point on this, guys, I really look at this card as having, once you're probably at turn four or five, if you get it down early, it has combat indestructible because nothing's really going to be bigger than it. Right. And then it's going to swing in and people are going to block because it doesn't have trample. So it's like, well, crap, I'll just throw right. the, the the little guys in front of it. Well, now it's just getting bigger and and, bigger and again, and bigger. you can't combo block it. So even if it is a even if it is a two, three, a three, three or something, and yep. you're swinging into people who have their trophy mages or whatever. Sure. Is it, it's going to add up over time. Yep. So right, what's your number two? So this is the one that I thought was wrecking you in standard. He's big. This is the only deck he works in outside of one of the dino oh. decks. It's Gigantosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's about as basic as it gets. Five color, five green for a creature dinosaur that's a 10-10. And to clarify, because usually the way that we say cards is the color and then a number. When he says five green, yes. it's green, 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 green. So this card will, like, if you get this down early, it will draw you a card. Yes. Likely. And it will tap for 10 mana. So <laughs> it's very, this card's actually a really good embodiment of this deck because it is blank. It doesn't trample. It doesn't do anything. But it I, has flavor text. It does have flavor text, which I've never read, but does reference Vivian Reed. So there you go. Five for 10-10. It's also just hysterical. I remember when this got spoiled, people were like, power creep's a real thing, I guess. It used to be you had to pay five for a four-five with yeah. a drawback. So the five green doesn't matter, but it is good for Nykthos, right? It yep. feeds into that. There was a card that was in here that did effectively the same thing, which was Blastoderm, which is two colorless, two green for a five-five, okay. and some other stuff that doesn't matter. That kind of filled the same shoes mm. of this you can get this out early you're not gonna get a lot of damage out of it but this one and actually a side note on blasterderm when i first started playing magic this was a common from nemesis it in rancor which we all know and love yep. was so rare to find you had to drive to omaha or st louis to find them there was none in kansas city really they, they wreck standard they were unbeatable because it also has shroud i think so it's it's a complicated card and it doesn't not it's not good anymore. <laughs> but at the time, a five five for a five five for four sure. with a limited drawback and an evergreen ability tacked on it was unbeatable. Huh. Outside of lightning bolt range, outside of most removal that sure. exists outside, and you couldn't even source the plowshares at the time. So okay, so you get the source is just a workhorse, yeah, or a work dino if you will. So I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I, but there's I mean, just there, not, there's, there's not, not nothing much to say. No, it's just a, it's, it's just, just a giant good. it's just a giant dinosaur. So what what do you got next? So my last one is Seasons Past. <laughs> oh, so I, thought I, you hate, I thought you hated this card. Uh, in this deck, I think it works. Okay. So, and I'll explain why. So, Seasons Pass, four colorless, green, green, sorcery. Return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to your hand. Put Seasons Pass on the bottom of its owner's library. I like this card for you because you are more fair than I am when it comes to playing Magic. Thumbs and up. And this is a fair way to get things back from your graveyard. 
But then the biggest thing is I really look at this deck and if you can't just win as quickly as you kind of describe you winning, people are going to be removing your stuff left and right. And so even though I would consider this a hops card because it'll be later in the game when you cast it and when you cast it, it's like, okay, what is the board state? Mm -hmm. Let me figure out what I need to get. It's a toolbox card. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the reason I like it, because I think with the way your deck goes, if you're going quick and hard, people are going to be removing your stuff if they can quickly. Later on in the game, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I could get an 8-8 Hydra, or, or I could get six cards back or Age whatever. or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So, again, I, this is one that I like a lot. I can see reasons why, like we talked about in depth in a previous episode, mm-hmm. I think it's situational. And this one, I just looked. You have a, There's enough variance where you're going to be able to get hit pretty much everything almost six every time yeah. i mean i have three ten drops for god's sakes so <laughs> yeah i agree it, and again it's it blurs a line it could go either way right yeah. so uh my last, last one my last one is this is a shout out to Zhao who helped me build this deck a million years ago so you know who you are this is the only deck that i think this card can work in outside of werewolf tribal <laughs> and that card right. is wolfier silverheart yeah so this card is a monster in this deck so Three colorless green green for a 4-4. Not great. Off of curve. However, it has Soul Bond, which says when you make pair this creature with another unpaired creature when either enter the battlefield, they remain paired for as long as you control both. As long as it's paired, Wolfier that is, with another creature, each of those creatures get plus four, plus four. At the beginning, you're paying five mana for an 8-8. Yep. With also double green, which helps with the devotion things yep. we talked about earlier. But you kind of get into the stalemate where you have an Eldrazi out that's already a 10-10, and you have to think of some way that you're going to be able to draw a card. This almost guarantees it, because it's going to plus it up above what you already have. And then even at the beginning, it does, even if you have to put on Sylvala, it's okay, because that gets her out of Lightning Bolt range, out of most board wipes outside of Blossom. I like you keep talking about Lightning Bolt as if we play that in EDH. I'm just saying, it's a a thing. Three damage is a lot, right? There's a lot of board wipes that do three damage and that sort of stuff. So So, so yeah, I actually, I looked at this card too, and I really like it as well i'm actually just a fan of soul bond mostly because yep. i love dead eye navigator sure and uh you know i think this does work well the only thing i wish it did is give trample yeah i, I think if this was a plus three plus three and trample i would like that more than the plus four plus four right so that's into my grain like i said it's cool. a lot of, it's a lot of work it's a lot of workhorse pieces nothing super exciting there and spoilers i don't have a whole ton of exciting stuff to talk about in hops either so and i think probably we'll have a bunch of crossovers because i think there was 10 or 11 yeah so. th- that's why i said it's not a it's not an ipa at all there were 11 all right guys so, so we're gonna migrate over to the board state hop profile big tech i want you to kick it off with your first one we're actually gonna talk about one that you don't like that's woodfall primus Boo! oh it's great so okay well, I mean, I like the card just when you can abuse it. Yeah, like infinitely, which is not how I play the game. Also, it's sad in that this card is now $3.36. I think it picked wow. up for like 10 So five colorless, triple green for a 6-6 trample. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-creature permanent. Then as persist, so if it dies, it goes to the graveyard, comes back, you get the first trigger again. If it had no negative one, negative one, negative one. So you'll usually get two out of this. I think it's repeatable removal. It comes back from the graveyard. You could season past it because if it's in the graveyard, you're not going to have anything else. Um, In the right spots, which is very situational, but again, with the Wolfier, this could also draw you two cards potentially when it dies. I thought I had more of this into it, and we'll get into this later, but there's another card in here, which we joked about earlier, Greater Good, that this card is great with in this deck. 
I thought I had another one that had a sacrifice effect, but I must have been thinking of something else. I like it. It's a target removal. Creatures don't matter. This gets rid of your enchantments, your opponent's guy's cradle, that sort of stuff. Comes back from the yard. I think this card's just really good in general. All joking aside, you know, it's not you don't necessarily have to have a card in your deck only if you can break it. The only reason I don't like this card in particular for the deck, and I think there's probably better things, is basically you're paying four mana for a destroy target non-creature permanent twice. So basically right. you're getting a beast within for one extra mana, and then yeah, you have the six six body. But that's not really what Woodfall Primus is known for. Woodfall Primus sure. is not known like, oh, I'm going to go beat face with this. It's really for that e ETB effect. So I think there's probably better cards out there that I think would do more for you. If, if your deck is needing more targeted removal, which I really think you're actually pretty good with that, with a lot of the other cards you have in your hops, there's probably a better slot for eight mana. The thing with this one, though, that I do like is the fact that it is a creature and not something else, because sure. th that's the way this deck wins. There's no mm. other way to win except for attacking. So being able to have as much bodies with Trample especially is very helpful as you can start chipping away. You can hold this thing back, so if someone comes in with some monster, you, you know you can kill it. Bring it back, kill something else. So yeah. I could see I could, I could see it go either way. But sure, what was your fair. first one? So my first one, yeah, I already get, out, get out of the way. <laughs> Ula Mog, ceaseless hunger. Ula Mog, ceaseless hunger. Love this card. Oh man. So here's the thing. What more could you want? You got a big fatty for Silvala draw, hopefully. Yeah. Even if this guy gets countered, he has a cast effect where he gets to exile two target permanents. Permanent. Yeah. That's great. Then on attack, not combat damage. He's milling someone for 20. Then, by the way, he's indestructible and is a 10-10. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> no, it's, it's incredible. I, it's just, it's so good. And I, I hate how we keep kind of saying, oh, is this a staple? Because I really think at this point, there's enough cards in Magic that you could probably build any color combination and... 50% of the deck would be done with the quote-unquote staples. staples. Yeah. And I do think the Eldrazi Titans fall in the staples. Why wouldn't you have a Kozilek in every deck? Because that prevents right, you from mills. getting milled yep. out. Why wouldn't you have an Ulamog in the deck? Because we just kind of talked about the rate for Woodfall Primus basically getting eight for two destroy non-creatures. Right. I would rather pay 10, 10 for exile two permanents then you're getting mill right. effects, and he's indestructible. So I just think this card has so much packaged in him, and I think the way that your deck works, I would actually rather have him in than Kozilek. Okay, so Ulamog's fantastic. I'm interested to hear your take on this one. Okay. This is a legendary card as well. This has always been on the cusp. I've always kind of left it in decks that I keep it in. I, I think I really debated having this so, particular yeah. card in so, mind, so yeah. I'm talking about Let Bo, Bo Nye... Oh, Nylea. Bo Naga. Not going to work here. Work not going to be in this deck anymore. So, oh, you're cutting this? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so. You'll, you'll hear later. Colorless 2 green, legendary enchantment artifact. So the first ability is all that really matters. So attacking creatures you control have death touch. Uh. I love it, and we'll get into why. All right. Because this, this just happened to me on a game that we're playing. Then a colorless and a green tap, choose one. Put a 1-1 counter target creature, deals 2 damage to target creature with flying, you gain 3 life, put up to 4 target cards from your graveyard on the bottom of your library in any order. Yep. So none of those really matter except for the last one because this prevents you from being milled out. Oh, okay. So that's one way to do it there. But I think the real deal on it is the attacking. This happened to me before where I actually won a game, the other two scooped up because I didn't have the win on board, but my creatures were big enough where when I attacked, there's no efficient way that anyone was going to be able to stop them without having all their creatures die. But here's the thing, I won't go into too much of it because sure. we'll talk about it later, but the attacking creatures you control have death touch is more relevant when you're go wide, not go tall. 
You are true, yeah, and 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 your stuff's gonna be big enough to where probably the things are blocking are gonna die anyways. And if they're not, it's because they're indestructible. I don't see many times that you are swinging in against someone and they're like, "Well, I'm gonna block your 1818 with my 1919." That's never gonna happen. This has been a sort of pet card of mine, and I could see it either way too, right? I think that there's a card that I could cut for this that would probably be better, which I think I have a copy of. But I like this card. It's slept on me a few times, and there's been times where I've cut it. And I've been glad that I didn't. To your point, the deck I was playing was my other Silvala deck, which is a go wide. That might have been it. So that, that, that is, I could be talked out of this one, but this is one, I think I opened like three of these. Sure. Well, so, and, and the card that I'm going to recommend that you cut for it is a little bit expensive. Uh, so my second one yeah, is ahead. actually a card that I think we're going to agree is a green staple, yet we never see it played. Croson Grip. You never see this, right? Really? I, I really, I do not. With the amount of green decks I see out there, I see more Beast Within, Nature's Claims, the uh, Silencia decks, I see more Disenchants. Why are us. people playing this card more? Here, here's basically yeah. what it is, guys. It's two colorless and a green, instant, split second. So like we talked yep. about with my legendary card, as long as this spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that are not mana abilities. So basically, you put this on the stack, you get to destroy target artifact or enchantment, and no, no one can, can do anything, anything about, about it. it. And it's only $3. Yeah. This Let's, is a green staple, th- and it needs to be an evergreen deck, but I don't see it. I agree. And when I first started playing and was building this deck, this card was impossible to find. This was like the premier mono green removal, and still is, right? Yeah. I think it's great. I'm going to give you a stat. EDH rec, Croson Grip, just percentage. How many decks do you think Croson Grip is presented in? 45? 22%. What? I know. <laughs> I, I, do you I, agree with me now? Like, I this think, is being think, underplayed. And I think what's funny, if you look up Naturalize and see how many decks that's being played in, it's going to be comp- way higher. Because this uh, does exactly what Naturalize does, but way better. Uh, You're going to be shocked. Five percent. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, but I think Forrest did bring up a good point a couple weeks ago, where like people don't play enough targeted removal. Even Beast Within's and- at thirty-one percent. So yeah, I think that's just people wow. don't play a lot of removal for some reason. Well, that shocks me. And granted, there's better removal options, but again, Beast Within is anything. Yep. Right. So that's you can't get that with a Return to Dust. Yep. And Cross and Grip is above the stack. Yep. So yeah, it, that is shocking. It's another workhorse card. I don't well, know. What and else to and, say and about traditionally, it. the reason that I like Cross and Grip so much with that split second is because the destroy target artifact enchantment. Typically, what are the broken combo-y things happening with artifacts Artists and enchantments? Enchantment. It's usually not just a creature. You know, it's usually some mishkava of an artifact or enchantment that's doing this like a grim monolith and, power and artifact. Of, and to your point, a lot of times people will target them too late and then they'll say, well, in response, I'm going to go and do my thing. Yep. And now you're just like, nope, like kill on sight, yep. right? Absolutely. It's awesome. All right. What's your next one? Okay. So this is, this is another one of my favorite cards. We're talking another legendary. Uh, can you pronounce it? Okay. So I think it's <laughs> Polar Kanos, Okay. World Eater. All right. I think that's it. I played this card a lot when I, I, I was when I say like Pelucranos. Oh, I think you might be right. Pelucranos. Pol- <laughs> oh, really? I think. Oh. Pelucranos. That does sound Paluka. more Greek. Yeah, Paluka. yeah, yeah. All Pelucranos, right. Pelucranos, World Eater. So two colorless, five, five. Two colorless, green, green for a five, <laughs> two five. Two colorless, five, five, five guys. Five. You listen to me. So it's a five, five Hydra with no stacked on abilities. Then it has the monstrous ability, yep. which is double X and a green monstrous X. So when you pay that, it gets X amount plus of plus one, one plus, plus one counters. Then when it becomes monstrous, it deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures your opponents control. Each of those creatures deal damage back to Polucranos. There we go. 
Got it. So this card also was, this is also indicative of the time I built it. It was right when I first started playing. And this card was unstoppable in standard. So I also, so I'm noticing a trend of you putting cards in this deck that were unstoppable, <laughs> that were unstoppable. in standard. Yes. At the time, at the time when I was, I feel like big tuck actually went to try to play standard. He's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And then he got stomped and he's like, well, all these good cards, what do I do with them? Oh, I guess I'm going to build EDH decks. Uh, that's, that is part of it. And this is, <laughs> this is before I played a lot. I played a lot of standard when I lived in China and did get wrecked by this card many times, but because I didn't really have any gap time between when I first, when I started playing magic again and then went straight into EDH. Okay. So I had all these cards lying around and knew the cards that I knew at the time, which is why the Blaster and that's why Sapling Burst was still in play okay. in my Prosh deck, which we talked about a gazillion years ago. So the biggest thing with this is that A, it's a four, it's four for five, five. So sure. we're above curve there, feeds good into Savala. If you can get this down, turn three, turn four. Yep. She's already making a bunch of mana to go. The Monstrous is really expensive, but we generate a gazillion mana sure. in this deck because it's a mono green deck with elves in it. You can either do it one of two ways. You can either clear the way and kill off a bunch of chump blockers yep. that are small, or depending on how big you are, you can take out a bigger threat. Someone's big commander, get them out of the way, maybe sack uh, the world eater in the process, but usually the way I've seen it triggered, this will pick off either four or five or one. Have you ever thought, uh, granted, I think this is the only card in the deck that it can even do an effect like this, but I just thought of it and I thought it'd be funny you ever thought about putting Basilisk Caller in this deck? Attach it to him and you do yeah. that Monstrous and then you just kind of ping, ping off everything ping with Death Touch? I would. The only problem is Monstrous, you can only do it once. Sure. So it's, and there's no other card. Like you talked yeah, about earlier with fair. the Death Touch, it's just like, yeah. I don't, what am I going to put it on? Uh, Ulamog? <laughs> so, so this guy, I was going to put him on my list, uh, but I figured you would talk yeah. about it. And there's this other card that I think fits the, the grain more. But I think for a hops card, this is actually very, very smart. You're basically paying, if we're talking picking off tokens, three mana for the first token and then two, two mana for each yeah. substantial. Pelucranos, in theory, should never die unless you're dumb enough to do it on a death touch creature because then that would right. kill. But outside of that, I mean, he's just going to mow down everyone. I, I really, really enjoy that. It's almost that kind of effect that there's that new green creature that when he enters the battlefield, he fights. And then yeah, whenever right. he's dealt damage, he fights, he fights and he again. Can't yeah, fight yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar to Agreed. that. Which, and, hey, that could be a de- card to put in here. It could be good. And yeah. again, it's a high, like I said, this is a Hydra deck. Hydra deck. This, is one of, this is probably one of the premier Hydras yeah. out there. So I love it. It's worked out. I like it when I see it in my hand, and yep. I got a foil copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what? You got one more. Yep, yeah? yep. All so right. my last one is Primal Command. Oh, three colorless, green, green. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, Did never we? mind. Well, I think we might have. We we referenced it in Prosh. Yes, we referenced it because I opened three of these in whatever Modern Masters this was. Sure. So in my rare slot, which is pretty sweet. And so it's three colorless, green, green sorcery. Choose two. Target player gains seven life. Put target non-creature permanent on top of its owner's library. Target player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library and search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. The reason I really like this card is because it gives your deck the versatility it needs. Because you are so meat and potatoes, big creature, big bang. Because it could be a, hey, are you about to die? Hey, why don't you bounce something, gain seven life? Or has someone really kind of hindered your board? Shuffle your graveyard, yep. tutor for a creature, or any other combination. The only thing that kind of holds it back for me being a quote-unquote green stable, because we talk about that, is that unlike the other uh, command cards, it's sorcery speed. Right. The blue one, I believe, is instant, but yep. that is kind of the blue thing. Let's do stuff at instant speed. 
Um, but you know, outside of that, I I, I just yeah, I think Chris Carr does what you need. And I think to your point, I think that also shows how powerful that changes. And granted, Cryptic Command counter spells and draws cards and a bunch of other stuff, but Primal Command's a buck eighty four, which I feel is kind of on the high price. I probably wouldn't pay it for that. Yeah. Uh, but Cryptic Command is twenty thirty something like that. I know it got reprinted somewhat recently. So I agree. This is also a cheaper budget meat potatoes cards for green stacks, especially mono greens or mono reds, where you just don't have that many options for these sort of effects. Absolutely. No, it's awesome. Cool. Good call. Uh, guys, we're going to move on to winning the game or yeast. I'm going to kick it off. Yeah, do it. Because I, I, I'm, I'm an asshole. Uh, trying for the horde. Come on, are you serious? Yeah, we've talked about this card before, but I don't care. I'm gonna talk about it every time. Uh, and and again, this beer is for you, Tice, who gifted me a gift of eight of them. Oh my god! <laughs> they were in a box. I'm so did, so never jealous. Went, I went. I had to go through five thousand cards to oh, find them. Oh, you see, Big Tech like gifted I, me one for my deck as well. Hey. So you mean it was a lot like when you uh, moved back to Kansas City and we went through all of my cards yes. and our eyes just bled? Yeah, it was like that, except me by myself with my cat. <laughs> Listening to speed. Mr. Bubbles! Yeah. Give me that bubbles. So, try for the yep. hordes if you haven't heard before. <laughs> Two colorless green, green sorcery until end of turn creatures you control get plus one, plus one, gain trample and infect. So, because so I. What, what else is there to say? Yeah, what else is there to say? Uh, you know what? Thank God Watsy made this sorcery speed and oh, not instant. Yeah. Could you imagine if this was instant speed? <laughs> No, I think it stupid. would literally be a modern legacy staple if yeah. it was instant speed. Because I know Infect's a thing in Legacy. Correct. I believe our buddy Duff actually did that at it's GP a, it's a modern Vegas. Infect's always been a modern deck, too. Yep. yep. And a lot of times in those decks, too, to your point, you swing it in with the 1-1 Glistener Elf, right? Yep. Or the land that's in the air. Oh, yeah. So imagine if you have two of those. and they're, Ink Moth Nexus or something That's like the right that. one. Yeah, 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 Ink Moth. Let's say you're swinging in with four of those. They're at whatever Infect. And then you say, okay, no blockers. And they're thinking, <laughs> okay, I can draw one more. I can board wipe, get out of this. And you're like, not anymore. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, you're dead. And of course, we're speaking... Uh, about this with zero knowledge of actually how modern legacy and vintage work but you know what i might figure it out i was gonna say you're gonna have to plug on that faster than me yeah so yeah, uh, i don't know do you want to say anything else about no this? i just think the funny part about this is I, this card's had this weird price cycle where i remember that used to be 50 cents and then people started figuring it out and then it was two dollars and i thought that was pricey because because really? i i got them as looking through boxes huh like draft shaft and now it's seven, it's not eight dollars. <laughs> See, I feel like you're that old man that refuses to pay five bucks for a Big Mac at McDonald's. Because you remember back in yeah, the day, back in the day, you could pay a dollar for it. No, I would never buy another this, but now I don't have to because I got more <laughs> than the green decks I have. Well, what's your uh, first one? Mine is another Hydra. I think it's the last one on the list. So, oh, I think I might have this one. Three, Three two, two, one. Hydra Broodmaster. Broodmaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This table's so long. <laughs> these chairs. Are That's so, what she these, said. These chairs are so deep. Watch it. Oh, wait, can we get, are we going to have that boy? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is another sweet leftover from the Hydra, also from Theros Block. Figure yep. it out. It was all about Greek stuff. So I'll read through the... I'll explain it, and you do the monstrosity. You want okay. to do it that way? Yeah. So Hydra Broodmaster is four colorless, two green for 7-7. Seven, seven, so it's six for seven. Yep. Already on theme there. And it's a Hydra, so that's pretty yeah, sweet. There you go. But I think it gets a little sweeter. It really does. So it has double X green, monstrosity X. This creature is a monstrous. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, and it becomes monstrous. When Hydra Broodmaster becomes monstrous... I almost would say Broodmother. Yeah, right? Hey, Watsy, come on. It's Hydra Broodmother. Uh, becomes monstrous. It could be. It could be data. It could be a data. It didn't it could say be a data. It didn't say it laid the eggs. Maybe, maybe it didn't run out on the eggs. Or it could be like the Jurassic Park dinos, 
And oh, they're, ace, they're, like, they're acers. Ooh. They're sexual. <laughs> so when it becomes monstrous, put X, 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 green hydra <laughs> creature tokens onto the battlefield. Honestly, I saw this card, and I think it's a slam dunk in my populate deck. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> why wouldn't I just want to, Because especially because I have all the double mana doublers right, in there. Right, right. Let me just create I might have a spare. 12, 12, 12. I might have a spare for you. I might so. have to... Slam dunk that. So why'd you put it in the deck other than the obvious reasons? Obviously, it's a Hydra. And again, it's just a late game mana sink, right? Uh, One one thing that does happen with this deck, and we didn't talk about it in the grain, is that we have all the ways to generate a gazillion mana. There's ways in here, which we didn't get into, where you can untap Solvala and tap her again. You have the Nykthos. There's been times where I've had... 25 mana. I was actually going to ask you, have you ever activated her monstrous ability oh, yeah. when she got eight or more? I think the highest I've ever gotten is seven. So I got okay. seven, seven, sevens. Still but still, really that's good. absurd, right? <laughs> one time, I know one time on the same turn that it came down, I think I activated the same turn for four. Okay. So whatever that distributed sure. out to. And it's one of those things where I think a lot of people... Don't see it as a threat either. Yeah. So it's very rare that someone's going to immediately kill this when it comes down because they're mm-hmm. going to be, when are they going to activate that? And what does yeah. it matter? You know, you can do this at instant speed, yep. I believe. No, yeah, absolutely. It, it is, right? Yeah. Yep. It's just an activated ability. So that's the only real downside to it is that there are times where you make this huge brood and you go, ha! And then the other person goes, psychotic drift. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> that's fun. We all have fond memories of that one. Yeah. Had I paid 20 mana into that. Yeah, right. That really worked out. But yeah, it's so good. The, a lot of this deck that I like, is a, it's below curve, okay. right? Because it's six for seven. You can play this down. If you have another mana floating, you're getting seven out of Savala. Yeah, I don't really know. There's there's a lot to talk about, but All I right. do have another X card just to follow it up with. Okay. This is one of my pseudo win cons, and it's called Squalline. Mm. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I definitely had this as one of my yeast cards as well, so thank you for hijacking, hacking my Mac. Woo! Steve two. Jobs, do a better job! <laughs> two for two. Okay, so Squalline, it's X, one of my favorites, and two green for an instant, which is important. Yep. Squalline deals X damage to each creature with flying and each player. Similar to the Broodmaster for me, I want to say Broodmother too. I so know. similar to the Broodmaster is that, again, there's going to be a time where you're going to have so much mana and you don't have an outlet, right? Okay. If you're playing a bigger game of five or six, which I never would with this deck, it's horrible and that big of a multiplayer. This is a way to knock out multiple people. Also clears a board of flyers. And like I said, it's at an instant speed. This is another Zhao recommendation. The only time where this card can backfire on you is when your life total is at the lowest. Okay. So if you do that, you can't just outright win the game with it. Sure. However, you generally will be able to stabilize everyone's lives low enough where you can blow them out in one go. Okay. So I actually looked at this. I actually ignored the each player part. Funny enough. Really? I looked at this as a way to instant speed, get rid of all the flying. Mm. Because once again, we've talked about how green really has an issue with flying. And so that's actually how I looked at it is, you know what? Sometimes, you know, we had a buddy that moved out to California. We've referenced him multiple times. He would create a billion Ethanthopters in his Brea deck. And it's like, well, I'll just go ahead and just just pay three and uh, throw them in. So that's actually how I looked at it. Um, but granted, initially looking through the deck, I didn't see all the 
mana dumping right. that you've kind of described. Now, hearing that, I can kind of see how this could be your game winner potential. And this one specifically, in that case, it breaks a creature stalemate, right? If yep. you're playing against another deck and you guys are just chipping at each other slow, 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 this might be the thing that might be able to put you over the top. Yeah. And especially if you're playing anything in blue or dragons, that sort of thing, clears sure. out the way for all that. Okay. So my last one has won me games before because this card is broken. It's Shaman of Forgotten Ways. Oh, yeah. This card's ridiculous. Two colorless and a green for a 2-3. Pretty good. And then you can tap it for two mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool. Only for creatures, so it's probably going to get two green. Hey, Mr. Combo, uh, remember there's a card that's been banned for nine million years since the inception of Commander called Biorhythm? Sure. Don't know what it is. You know how it's banned? <laughs> it does exactly this. <laughs> this is what that card did. Really? Yes. For, I think it was eight and two green. So, formidable. Nine, colorless. Two green. Two green. Tap it. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures he or she is controls. Activate this ability only if you control creatures that have total power of eight or greater. Hey. It's going to happen all the time in this deck, usually on turn five or six sometimes. And there's there was one game where I gemstone cavern. I activated this ability on turn I'm five. I'm shaking my head with disgust. I, I activated this ability on turn five and knocked out two people <laughs> in a five-player game. <laughs> Immediately, they're both playing slow, meandering combo decks. One of them was playing the Locust God, who sure. was just drawing cards, drawing cards, drawing cards. No creatures on board. Another one was playing some weirdo white stack sort of things, and okay. he was behind. Knocked them two out. The other guy had two creatures. I set my own life total to like six, and then I just trampled over and knocked him. It's insane. So this, like I said, for three mana, it's on the higher end of the curve when it comes to the added bonus of being oh, yeah. a creature ramper as well. Yeah. But it's all about that formidable, baby. So, you know, it's funny. I've seen that formidable attempted to be done a couple times, uh, especially I think it was on a game nights where Jimmy actually almost did the formidable. And Go then, for it, Jimmy. Th and then right before he did it, everyone's like, wait a minute. That That's about to happen. <laughs> What's happening here? And then they killed it. So, you well, know, I'm surprised you've ever actually been able to get it off. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like I would see that and be like, well, I need to kill that right now. And it's within, well, you could if you had a lightning bolt, because it was in lightning bolt range. <laughs> lightning bolt. Fourth time. Get out of here. That's, that's one more than the damage it does. Okay. <laughs> that's all I got about Shaman. It was just awesome to see. It was, it's been awesome to see it work. Cool, cool. Well, uh, we're going to move on to the spice package. You know, fun cards that we're going to put in the deck. This now, one. Now, th to, to your point. <laughs> Not a lot of spice here. As far as the meat and potatoes go, we had four options. <laughs> I think one of them is does not need to be talked about in any podcast. One of them we've discussed before, which leaves us two options out. Yep. So I say we try. Okay, ready? Three, Three two, two, one. one. Whisper with all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm also surprised a little bit. I think. What else was I going to talk about? Rich growth? I mean, no, Rishkar's expertise <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, but the Whisperwood Elemental, I think, is very cool. So I'll read off its casting and power. Okay. I'll read off its effects. Yep. It's a three green green four four creature elemental mythic mythic. So I got to get my spectacles out on this one. At the beginning of your end step, manifest the top card of your library, which means it goes onto the battlefield as a 2-2 creature, then turn it face up anytime for its mana cost. If it's a creature if card. If it's a creature card. Thank you. And then this is the one that, when I first read the card, I actually just stopped there. Because... Oh. I know, right? ability so much better. Yes, I know. But this is also pseudo... It's incidental card draw, right? 
Yep. So it's what this deck lacks. You're going to hit something 90% of the time. It's either going to be a land, which if you're casting this card, you don't want. Yeah. Or it's going to be a creature that you do want. And then you'll <laughs> be able to flip it over. Then the one time where this actually happened when someone board wiped, I was explaining with Zhao. And I was like, oh, it's the end of that. And he goes, wait, did you not read that? And it was the last time someone ever told me to read the entire card. And now I'm the only one that tells people to do that. So, Sacrifice Whisperwood Elemental. Until end of turn, face up non-token creatures you control gain. When this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. That's so it's good. It's so awesome. It's so good. It's literally board wipe insurance to say. In a color that has none slash very little. Yeah. yeah. Basically, what you're telling your opponents is... Hey, if you do the board wipe, because I got these three or four scary things, I could get three or four more scary things. Or, or hey, I have these three mana dorks and these four scary things. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'll get seven cards? Yeah. Do you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, is that what you really want? So, yeah, I, I, I think this is a really good card. If someone board wipes and I get eight two twos out of it and I have a triumph in hand, sure. it's like, well, I can just win. I can just win off of this too. So, uh, right, like fine. I said, this was a very yeasty, very grainy build. Yep. So there wasn't a whole lot to talk about here. But that's all right because now we're going to go on to the bottle capping, guys. Capping it up. We got our under five, under fifty, and personal recommendation. I'm going to be breaking the mold here a little bit. <gasps> I'm not talking lands, but my under five and my personal. I actually have two cards that I'm recommending. Two to add, one to cut, and you would just figure out which one you like the best. Oh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I initially only had the personal recommendation with two, but literally sitting here, hearing more about the deck, I had another card. We okay. briefly mentioned it I, we've, we've done a little switcheroo. We've done a little yeah. switcheroos in the past. So yeah. I'm going to recommend you cut Vorapede. Yeah, that's on my first, too. Yeah, get, so get that again, here. That's, okay. May I? Uh, sure. Is this a standard all-star that wrecked? Vorapede card was a card that wrecked and limited <laughs> Dark Ascension. He's that, getting on the nostalgia that, my friend Zhao traded me and told me it was good in this deck. In this case, for the most part, he is correct. In this one, he was dead wrong and wanted to get rid of it out of a straight binder. So fuck you, Zhao, on Vorapede. It's yeah. not that good. Vorapede, guys, is a creature. Green, 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 two colorless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vigilance Trample, 5-4, and it has Undying. So kind of similar to like Woodfall Primus. When it dies, if it didn't have a certain counter on it, it comes back from the graveyard. In this case, if it didn't have a plus one, plus one counter on it, it comes back from the graveyard. Yeah, cut that crap out. No, it's gone. The only thing that worked for this, there's a card that I'm going to cut something else for off camera that would okay. make this better because I had another card that had Undying in it too. Okay. Just because it comes back and it's good fodder for potential Savala triggers. Okay. But a 5-4 Vigilance with Trample is not going to get it. No. So here's the initial card I recommended you add. Because I think on a good day, it'll probably cost the same casting cost. But on a better day, it'll probably cost less. Wait, hold on. Is Are we doing Dino? this? Yes. Yeah. Ready? Three, two, one. Golf the Primal Hunger. Hunger. Yeah! Yes! Man, we're no, that, card, that card's so good in this deck. So much That's better so in this good. deck. Yes. So much yes. better. I don't know why. I, I can't. Four I, bucks. I've known this for so long, and I just cannot. I don't know why. Like Maybe I was waiting to get it like really cheap out of some sure. beat-up binder somewhere. But I'd had this deck for so long, and I made so many cuts. I kind of forgot which ones I'd looked at. And I, I saw this on EDH Rec. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, and so here's the other card, though, that talking through this and hearing about the deck, if you wanted to stay with your Hydra theme, I think this is actually better. 
Technically, it's fifty cents over uh, <gasps> the, the budget, so it's five dollars and fifty-five cents. So an enchantment. We've talked about it before. Oh, the flourishing, right? Yeah, two the, colorless yeah, and a yeah. green enchantment. Whenever you cast a permanent spell with mana cost that contains X, double the value of X. It's so it's good God. It's so like, and that's where it's that's where it's really. I agree with you on that, and I've thought about it. And the only problem I have with it is like, if I wanted to make it go full Hydra. And cut out some of the Woodfall premises of sure. the world and that sort of stuff. I but think that don't you think be you awesome. have enough X things you, in I here? I probably do. And also, well, the only trick is that makes playing around Squall Line very difficult because it makes it very easy to kill yourself. <laughs> Just do simple math. You'll yeah. do it better. I, I don't think I, one kill card, one instant should prevent you from the 10 other Hydras that That's you have. True. Just imagine, I mean, I wish it worked on the monstrous. Piece, which oh it my does god oh, like yeah. the like brood mother <laughs> so good that's my other one to where i think galta's good to cut out for four p yes you just wanted to have big value like value. The value yeah but if you wanted to go more into the hydra Dr- aspect, and lean on that yeah i, I think unbound flourishing is the way to when go I, when i saw that card spoiled i immediately thought of this deck and i was like Err. and then i thought of my warp deck and i was like yeah, well, and I'm sure initially you were like, eh, because the price on it initially at spoil was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was now it's like five dollars. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. well so did you have the exact same under five as I did? I had Vorpede. Oh, OK. And did you have Golta? <laughs> Golta, for- the other one. All right. Well, uh, what's your under 50? All right. So this one was also pretty easy. So cutting end raise forerunners. OK. For the hoof. Oh, yeah. And so it's like. Again, so boring. And, it is. I agree, but end race. Don't worry, mine's so much worse. Even more boring. No, mine's so comboy. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Uh, it's in your so, name. So, end race forerunners is five colorless, three green for seven seven vigilance trample haste bore. Not on curve. When it enters the battlefield, other creatures you control get plus two plus two and gain vigilance and trample until end of turn. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. The hoof, which I don't even know. If we Actually, go over. have you thought about God Eternal Ronos instead? Yeah. I don't have to give the trample, but a lot of your stuff has trample. And isn't his X based on power, where hoof is based on uh, total creatures. creatures? Yeah, it's mm, it's 50-50. Okay. Hoof, hoof, the, it's just Rona should probably be able to do sack him to greater good. Yeah, but but the the fact that Crater Hoof gives the trample. So Crater Hoof for those for those two people who haven't heard of it. Five colorless, three green for a five five haste. When yeah, there's so a battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and gain plus X plus X on turn where X is the number of creatures you control. I like this because again, like I said, you end up with a board of a bunch of like one ones and two twos, right? Which mm-hmm. once you make fifteen mana in a turn sure. over and over and over again, they don't do anything. This gives them a chance to swing through and close it out, but it's all the same thing, right? If I wanted to make this deck more spicy, that's a better choice. And I'm guessing dollars to donuts, it's a quarter of the price because Crater Hoof's $36 still. Yeah. Do you know what the Ronas is? Uh, God Eternal Ronas, four bucks. So that would be better on the Big Tuck budget. Both of them are really good. End race foreigners, I just open one and I sure. just, there's just times where I know like I need to push through. I need something. And if I can't draw Overwhelming Stampede or Triumph, I need as much of those kind of redundant effects as possible. I mean, possible. I, de- I definitely think, because I mean, a bunch of your stuff does have trample, not everything. In my personal opinion, I believe God of Eternal Ronos, A, fits your budget more, four bucks. Facts, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he gives them vigilance is meh, but. If he dies or gets exiled, yeah, you can do it. You, you can, can do, do it, it again. again. Yeah, and then you got greater good. So it's like, well, I cast him. Everything gets doubled. I swing. Oh, I didn't right. kill you. Well, let me sack him to greater good. Put him third. I'm gonna draw him back. Right. Discard and you know. Yeah, it, no, I I agree with yeah. you. It's 
Uh, it'll probably go on the list because <laughs> so, I'm not put, I'm not buying another crater hoof. I have one that I opened. I refuse. Yeah, and I will not be buying another. My under fifty. We talked about it earlier. Cut that caverns. Cut that gemstone. No way. No way. Well, you're gonna say no way because you won't spend the money on this card. <laughs> but it is a slam dunk for this deck, especially with your exes. It's a uh, artifact. Called Staff of Domination. Oh yeah, forty dollars. Yeah, and so if you're not familiar with it, guys, Staff of Domination, three colorless artifact, one colorless untap Staff of Domination, two colorless tap gain a life. Who cares? I'm gonna actually skip over the third one because that's the most important one. Yeah, four tap tap target creature, five tap draw a card. Where this thing is just awesome is the three tap untap target creature. Basically, with Silvala. For a total of five mana, one to tap Silvala, one to untap the staff, and three to untap Silvala, yeah. you can make infinite, infinite mana. mana. Yeah, and it's cute. The, it, it's, the reason I like it, it's not to, oh, I'm going to make this Hydra 100-100. It can actually do a bunch of different things for your deck that your deck needs. One, it can make a really big Hydra. Draw two. <laughs> two draw two draws deck. until you get Triumph of the Hordes. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can draw, draw a lot of cards. I mean, granted, that's going to be a little bit more difficult because then you're asking seven to draw a card. Right. But uh, I mean, I've ta- I usually tap Silvala for eight to 13. Okay. So it's monstrous. It feeds yeah. into your monstrous thing. If I need to, the Brood Mother, <clears throat> we make a bunch of babies. Uh, you could do it that way. Or. I'm going to tap down all your creatures and be able to swing in for lethal. lethal, It's hitting on multiple different avenues, or it could even just gain a life. I don't like it. Once again, I think if you wanted to make this deck more streamlined, kind of like how we talked about, oh, you could do the Unbound Flourishing to kind of go more into that Hydra theme. I think you could cut out some of the other cutesy stuff, like a Woodfall Primus, things that are not Hydra's. For the untapped tap shenanigans. Bills, and yeah. I think that's just making your deck... Ev- Granted, it's going to make your deck more boring. boring. Speaking of boring, my last one is a card I'm never going to own, ever. <laughs> so I'm going to cut Arbor Elf, because untapping a forest here is the exact same as tapping for green. Sure. So whatever. And then I'm going to get a card I will never own, Survival of the Fittest. So, oh, yeah. It's so... I mean, it's bonkers. And it's this is a green staple, but it's also $87. So <laughs> call us in a green for an enchantment. Tap a green, discard a creature card, search a library for a creature card, put it to your hand. So Fauna Shama does this fair. Yep. There's also a card that I thought was in here. There's mm. another card called Evolutionary Leap. Oh, yeah. That does similar, but it sacks a creature and reveals from the top. Okay. So I think, knowing what I know now, I think I own a copy of Evolutionary Leap, so I'll probably just cut it for Bull and Nylea. Sure. You heard it here first. Evolutionary Leap reads... Green tap, sack creature, reveal from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card, put that in your hand, the rest in the bottom of your library in random order. They kind of do the same thing, just in different ways. Yeah. So obviously Evolutionary Leap is the budget version because sure. it's 75 cents versus 87. I have a hard time agreeing that it's immediately better to have it in because it's less of a threat because it won't be removed. Yeah. I, I don't know because I don't run a lot of tutors. I don't have a lot of ways to get all sure. these pieces put together. For me, I think putting Survival of the Fittest in and putting Evolutionary Leap in probably would round out what I'm trying to get with that package. So here's just my unpopular opinion on these types of effects. If you're not playing graveyard-centric or token-centric decks, I actually don't like these effects that much because you're literally just bidding a creature for and then hoping a for something better, yeah. Yeah. If but I gambled Gemstone Caverns, woo! 
Sucks. So yeah, that's just, that's just my yeah, opinion. I hear it. Because this is a Carador deck. Sure. I'll slam that stuff in there because I can get right. my creatures Marin, back. Yeah. If it's something like Squeeze Reese deck, sure, I can get rid of a 1-1 token for potentially something better. Which is actually one of the cards I gave him for his deck. So, so yeah, <laughs> you know, that that's just my unpopular opinion. Now, granted, I know the more tuned decks are like, yeah, Survival of the Fittest. Of course, that's gotta amazing, have it in there. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because they have hard-ons from the 90s or if or they have six copies great. when they open them in boosters. Yeah, and when now they just feel bad yeah, and they right. don't want to, yeah, I don't know. So, so anyways, and this deck would be great, right? Because you could just go get your Crater Hoofs, Decimator of the Provinces, Trastodons, whatever you want. When you draw into, you play a big creature, draw a Mana Dork, bin it, go from there. So okay. like I said, it's not an artistic leap at all, but if there was a deck I was going to own and I was going to spend the money for, I would do it for this one. I have some artistic ones for you on the my personal recommendations. Please. So I also agreed cut Bow of Nylia. Not a fan uh, for this deck because it's yeah. big tall instead of go wide. It's one of the cards I put into a bunch of decks when sure. I'm building it just because I have it lying around and yeah. then it just gets cut at some point. That's fine. So for my personal recommendations, I actually am also going to cut Bow of Nylia and recommend a Throne of Eldraine card. It's not out oh, yet, so we don't know uh, if it's going to stay at 20 bucks. but that's what it's at right now, quote-unquote. Questing Beast. Two colorless, green-green, legendary creature beast, 4-4. Four, four. Has Vigilance, Death Touch, Haste. Oh, yeah. Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures power two or less. That's real good. Yep. The thing I really like about it is combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. And whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls. That's sweet. The thing, especially with Planeswalkers becoming more prevalent in Magic with Wizards' big focus on it and obviously War of the Spark, one of the feel-bads is, ugh, do I want to hit the Planeswalker or do I actually sure. want to take down their life total? Well, this gets around that. It also gets around little babies because yep, they can't, can't really do anything against it. And I think one of the things that could hurt your deck is fog effects from your right, opponents. Yeah. And this it is, com- it is combat, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think this, this over Bow and Nylea, it's only one extra CMC, yep. but I think it's way better. This card's also going to be $20 for a while. You think so? Oh, yeah, because Planeswalkers, Planeswalkers are so prevalent right now in Standard, right, between the Teferis and Karns. That just got Teferi's printed. About to... One of them is, yeah. but there's a whole other one that isn't. That's the, true. The little baby Teferi. So this card is awesome, and I do like it a lot in this deck. It will, at some point, rotate out, yep. and it will drop, just like Carnage Tyrant. Because I, I don't see ago. this getting any play in no, Modern or Legacy. Or not Vintage. at all. This, so it'll probably drop to like five bucks. Right, and this card, this card was specifically, in my opinion, was made in response to the current standard meta of Planeswalkers just running rampant sure. and Green Stomping having nothing to do anymore. Yep. So now... Creature decks have an immediate answer yep. that's non-legendary. Oh, it is legendary. No, it is but, legendary. And I actually think, to your point, they wanted to make it balanced. So it gives Green Stompy an answer to Planeswalkers, but at the same time, it doesn't make it overpowered by having yep. four of these on the battlefield and just literally shooting yep. down anything at once. No, that would be awesome. So, so. Hopefully, hopefully at some point that drops down to, to the big tuck price. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, some more details about our giveaway. We are actually going to be giving away a foil expropriate Artist proof signed uh, by Zach, but we are also <laughs> it's, trying. It's, it's to- like card type. <laughs> Word soup. Uh, We're actually trying to get the artist Zach to alter it and actually do a sketch on the back for you guys. Also, you'll be receiving, as we talked about earlier, a shadow signed copy of each Big Tuck and Mr. Combo Number 5's custom card. To enter, it's incredibly simple. Send us all your foil gore claws. Uh, Shout out, Will. Uh, Just kidding. All you need to do is kind of help promote the podcast and the site. You'll get an entry for every single thing you do. For example, you can like, share, repost, tweet the episodes debuting in the month of October. Follow our Twitter accounts like our 
Facebook page, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Yes. We are actually going to announce the winner via MTG Action 4 News on October 29th. But you know what? We're also going to post it on social media. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Uh, we are going to be doing giveaways every single month. It could be a sweet card like this, or maybe Big Tuck will put together your own personal Jink Tribal. Ooh. What we're actually thinking about doing is that we're going to put up a Twitter poll, get your votes on whether you want us to build for the December giveaways. I think that'll be the first month we're going to do a build. Either we could do a kind of fun, janky legal deck. Or have you guys vote on whether or not you want a Big Tuck or Mr. Combo number five deck? And based on what you guys vote on, that's what we're going to build and give away for the month of December. You're putting the bill on the Mr. Combo number five one. I'm not paying for all those planeswalkers. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll just use the War of the Sparks. They won't Ooh, know any better. Like that. To not really spoil too much of it, but the decks are going to be worth a minimum, probably around 200, 250 bucks. They're going to have some decent things in there, but it's definitely not going to be a $7,500 tribal deck. So uh, it's not going to be straight trash, but it will be something fairly competitive. But hey, guys, please leave us feedback. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Twitter, Reddit, wherever. Uh, and if we totally suck, please let the roasting begin. We've already had the trolls come at us, and I fought them off with memes. But if you enjoyed it, leave that positive feedback and whatever star review makes others want to listen as well. If you'd like to reach out to us and also know where you can find more ways to enter the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, on Twitter. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? Still can't. <laughs> Still can't. Woo! One day. If you actually care about hearing Big Tuck's thoughts and opinions on social media, which some are politically correct, some aren't, uh, you can do hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. Uh, you can reach our main site at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Go to our website, www.cmdtower.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. Or if you want to engage our fantastic production team for your own future projects, how would they do that squee? Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or richchaosrecords.com or hashtag Dear Squee. There we go. They do music, podcasts. They have a full studio. So if you actually are local in the KC metro area, you can come in here and have some fun. If not, Squeak can definitely work with you remotely as we're going to be doing some crossover projects with some other podcasts. Don't want to name them yet because we haven't got all the details nailed down. And of course, want to give a big thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided in the beginning and the end of this episode. So Big Tuck, any last thoughts? No, man. Just glad to be back. It feels like we're a whole again. <laughs> synergy. 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 That's sweet, sweet synergy. All right, guys. Well, this is Mr. Combo signing off. See ya. See ya. See ya.